Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's devotional is don't let anyone steal your spirit, Sinbad. And with that being said, we'll get into this week's podcast guest. So this week's guest is a certified public accountant, is currently a budget analysis in the film industry. Through professional and personal experiences, she's learned that finances can be intimidating to individuals from all walks of life. She strives to dismystify personal finances, dispel the myth that you need a lot of money in order to have a healthy financial trajectory, and assist others in applying money management concepts that make sense for their personal situation. In 2015, she volunteered with PricewaterCoopers as an educator in the Earn Your Future Financial Literacy Program for students in grades 3 through 12. In 2018, she was a facilitator for the Shine Foundation, which provides free financial education to women survivors who have recently experienced or escaped abusive situations. Together, these experiences assisted her in manifesting her desire to elevate personal finance concepts from the page to make them tangible and understandable. Based in New York City, she enjoys flipping pages of personal development books, listening to podcasts, dancing with family and friends, and traveling. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Passion Artist. What's up, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. Full circle. Full circle. So I usually like to start off the podcast and ask all of my guests, what is your deepest fear? Yes, so my deepest fear is that my goals and dreams will overshadow my relationships and Mm -hmm. I won't be able to tracked all of the lessons that I can learn from my relationships because I'm so busy. Right. So how did you develop that fear? Or or is that a recent fear that was developed? It was developed last year, and I realized it this year when I realized how many people I told no last year in my family. Like, I live in New York. My family lives in Maryland. And I will always tell them, oh, I can't come to the graduation or the birthday or whatever Mm. the case may be. And I won't even make it a point to try to get there. I would just say no, because I know that I'm busy. So it would just be like, no off the back. Like, I won't even, I won't give them an excuse or anything. I'll just say no. And then I realized I was starting to do that in New York, too, with my friends in New York. Mm -hmm. So I started to realize this year, I was like, oh, my gosh. When I started to write down my goals, I was like, relationships is something I need to focus on. Then I was like, oh, I didn't focus on that at all last year. Yeah. When you started to notice that that started to seep into your time in New York, did you feel like did you feel like it was starting to affect your relationships? Oh, definitely. Like, did you feel people start to change up on you? And- yup. And when I went home, I was like, oh, so nobody want to hit me up to hang out no more. And I'm like, oh, shit. I guess because last time I didn't. They probably like, okay, I got no Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because I guess last time. Let me look through the, pay, the text history. I guess last time you asked me. Last three times you asked me, I said no. So it's like, at what point do you just keep asking the person for something? You already kind of know what the response would be. Mm. So how did that make you feel? Uh, 
But last year, I wasn't really, I was just, you know, I was just like, okay, we'll end the bridge, whatever, let it flow, let it go. And I wasn't really, like, reaching out to anyone or responding to their no response. But then this year, I started to, like, when people text me, I make sure, like, I try to text back. Like, I had one of my friends. She always say, oh, girl, passion ain't good with texting. Because I'm like, y'all don't understand. In New York, I'm either underground, walking somewhere. Like, it's not that easy. Like, my dad go, Wi-Fi don't be there. Like, it's just like. And that trans Wi-Fi is is a joke. Right. So it's more so like me, like, even if. It's something as simple as texting back, just making sure if I got to write myself a note, let me write a note so I make sure I text or call this person back and then actually dedicating myself to doing that and not just like letting it go. Yeah. So then I wanted to ask you as far as um, maintaining that balance, right? So now you're figuring out how to fit that into your schedule and maintaining these relationships. How do you find that balance with knowing that you have these goals that you want to strive towards And not letting this fear kind of creep in. How do you maintain that? So the thing that I had to really, I really sat down and thought about this this year. And it was like early January. And I was like, if I'm neglecting my relationships, then I am simultaneously and indirectly neglecting my work. Mm. Because when I'm giving into my relationships and like leaning into people, that lets me know more of who I am. Mm. And if I know more who I am, when I then address my work, I'm addressing it. I'm addressing my purpose from this person who I've grown into. And you can only grow when you have relationships. Mm. Dig into your emotions. And that comes from connecting with yeah. people. Yeah. Have you found that certain relationships had you had to sacrifice in order to... Oh, yes. Get to... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this elevated version yeah, of passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's also because... Some people, they see you in one light and they think they will always see you in that light. Mm. And it's kind of their fear, them answering to their fears when they're trying to put limits on you. Mm. And when I realize that, I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to tell you about yourself because you got to go through your own journey, but I'm going to slowly step back. Mm. And then before you know it, our relationship won't be as deep as it was or it just won't be there. And I'm okay with that because I realize people are in your life sometimes for seasons and reasons. And that's just what it is. And it's also like you got to preserve your greatness. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Because people will try to... Yeah. Drag you on. Mm -hmm. You know, like they say misery loves company. And I'm not saying people... Like the relationships that you let go, those people are miserable. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that. But more so that like if somebody is not at the state of mind where you are, they try to bring you... They try to pull you into that state of mind. And it's like you work too hard. Yep. To get to this point, Mm -hmm. to let someone else drag you back down that path that you're like, no, we're not reliving that. Yep. And I feel like allowing someone to drag you again, that just pulls you more and more away from your purpose. And my whole goal is to get to know myself more Mm -hmm. so that I can really know what am I here for? Like, what's the reason for my breathing? Like, I'm here to do what? I'm here. If I'm here to, you know, do personal finance or if I'm here to teach or if I'm here to dance, like, how can I interject all these things together and give my gift to the world? Yes. And have it pour back into you tenfold. Mm -hmm. So being that you work in personal finance within the film industry and you are a girl from PG County. <laughs> Can you tell us how you ended up in New York City? Yes. So because that's <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. You know, people from our area, PG, we don't I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people don't leave. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. Stay, you know, and build a life as a government worker. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm really 
not trying to shun government workers, but live their life as, you know, government workers mm-hmm. or whatever the profession is within the capital, yep. the, you know, area. And, you know, this is not necessarily, I'm sure, the people in your life did. Let me take a step back before I project. Do you feel like your family ever envisioned you being where you are now? And Meaning doing the what place you or place, occupation? I think there was some, uh, n- not necessarily the industry, but I think my family knew like that I wanted to do accounting because I right. was like, I studied that a little bit when I was in high school. And then when I got to college, um, and then I started to intern with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And my first internship was, of course, in New York. But the second internship, I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just go to New York just to see if I like it again. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time for the full-time offer, I actually asked them, can I have it in Maryland? And they said, we're going to look for you. So I almost didn't come to New York. And then when they looked, there was no position open. So then I actually came to New York. And at first, I didn't like it because I'm like, man, it's no backyards. Like, y'all talking about this ain't no cookout for real. Like, what's going on? Like, we on the sidewalk. And it was just like, again, that was probably my fear and like it being different and me trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate this new world, this new life. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a six-person household, and me being here by myself, it's like, oh, shoot, I come home, ain't no TV on, ain't no food cooking. Like It's just a different atmosphere that you walk yeah. into and having to get used to it. How was it adapting to that new lifestyle here in New York? Was it hard? Mm-hmm. Were there you know moments where you were like, nah, I'm not about to do New York no more. I'm going home. I mean... So I've always been the person, like, in my family. Like, I'll chill with family, but you'll always see me back in my room, like, reading a book, on the computer, like, researching something. So I've always, like, been okay with being alone. It's just that sometimes you're like, oh, I want to hang out with my cousins. Or Mm -hmm. it's more so just me adapting that I'm not going to have, like, that circle that I could always go to. Like, I do have friends, but it's not the same as your family and people you grew up with. And y'all got all the little insiders and stuff like that. And now it's like flip because when I go home, I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm chilling too much. I gotta get back to New York. Like, ain't nothing going on. That's like, so true. Y'all watching TV? Nah, y'all watching too much TV, right? <laughs> y'all sitting back. Oh, I gotta go. Like, what y'all doing? What the corner stores? Like, so now it's like flip. So yeah. again, whatever situation you're in, you start to get comfortable in and make it work for you. Yeah, absolutely. So you are a certified public accountant. You always wanted to get into accounting. Um, has there been any sacrifices you had to make to get to the, to get to this point in your life? Mm-hmm. When I was studying for the CPA exam, uh, I ain't do nothing. Like literally I was in the house all of summer 2014. Literally my sister had to make my breakfast, my lunch. I sat in one chair for 14 hours. And then when I came to New York and I had to continue, cause it's like four parts to the test. So I had two more parts I had to take in New York and I just wasn't like taking New York, taking New York all in. And then when I started working in the audit industry again, I was like working weekends, working to four o'clock in the morning. So I wasn't going out as much. And now I'm at a place where I'm not in the like audit industry and I'm doing accounting, but it's more so like analysis and project management based. And so I have like, I feel like I can hang out more in New York. Yeah. But again, I got to get used to doing that because I'm used to like, oh, let me just go home. It's like three o'clock. I'm tired. I wake up in like, five hours. I remember that too. I remember <laughs> when you first moved here, I was like, patient, come on. You be like, I can't because I got to do this. I'll be like, girl, what is, 
I was like, what is going on over there? You can't even come out, not even for like an hour? Nah, because if I leave, then I'm going to be behind on this. I used to do that buck now too, though. Like, that just has always been in me. I feel like I always had to look at the clock. And it was like last year, I was like, okay, I'm not even going to use, I didn't use a planner all of 2018. No planner. Wow. And that is what, it taught me how I should be planning because when I wasn't using a planner, I just felt free to just do whatever I want. And of course, I would still get things done, but probably not to the best of my ability. And so when I wasn't using the planner, if I want to wake up and dance in the morning before I go to work, I ain't got to be at work at, I could be there, you know, at least by nine, 10 o'clock, but. I have the freedom because mm. I'm not waking up saying, oh my gosh, what I got to do that I didn't do yesterday? I'm more so waking up like, okay, let me just see what I want to do today. And now I'm like sitting down, drinking tea or dancing in the mirror, like those things. Now in 2019, I do use a planner and I plan around those things. Because those things fulfill you. Fulfill me, yes. Mm-hmm. So not having a planner, like it's a paradox, but not having a planner in my life taught me how I should be planning for me. Well, how is that a paradox when we think, I mean, it is a paradox, but thinking about the fact that like you financially plan, right? Mm -hmm. You are the queen when it comes to like budgets and like you can still have fun. And so I was talking about, I had an episode prior to this Mm -hmm. talking about uh, 2000. Um, 19 and one of the things is financial getting my financial health together mm-hmm. and I remember we sat at a bar in or restaurant in Harlem and I was like passion like I need help with this budget stuff because I can't do this and then do that and you was like you can do both and I'm like no I can't I can't save and pay debt off and you know feel financially free because that's mm-hmm. a stressor right when you think mm-hmm. about that that's something that's adding another layer of stress to our mental emotional physical body so i wanted you to talk a little bit about um your perspective and your experience with uh financial one literacy but mm-hmm. also um financial freedom and and planning when you're dealing with other um, people who live in New York who have experienced this same kind of mm-hmm. testimony and story that I'm giving you <laughs> right now. Uh, so the reason why I always tell people like, oh, you could do both. Like when we was there, I do remember that day. I think we was at Angel of Harlem actually. And I do remember you saying that. And I was just like, the reason why I say you could do both is because most people, if they start doing a budget and they feel like, they are putting limits on themselves, they're not going to continue with it. And mm. the point of having a budget is so it can have you on like this roadmap for your overall financial goal, whatever that is. And so if you feel like in the beginning you have limits, you'll probably do it for like three weeks, a month, but then you're like, man, look, I can't keep neglecting this area, so let me just stop with this budgeting. And so the way I help people build their budgets is first to think about what your values are. Mm. Because if that's always in the back of your mind, you're like, oh man, nah, look, I can't go out tonight, but I could probably go out another night. But if your value, if your value in like travel, the reason why you're not going out is because you're going to input some money into your travel savings account. And if you have that golden nugget at the end, you're not even going to be focused on like, oh, okay, that's just going out one night that I can't do. You're mostly focused on that value, that thing that you're valuing. So whatever your values are, that's like the first thing that you really got to know for yourself and then start to plan your money and your spending around your values so that you're still being fulfilled. It's just that some of the fulfillment you have to delay a little bit and some of it you can have now. So that's why I always say like it's it's a balance it's not a 50 50 balance but it's more so like focusing on what are some of the things that i can do and what are things that i can't do as much but i can still mm, do because them. what if you know what if i value like going out yeah that's what, who that, that feeds 
you. So then are we, do you say like, okay, I can like budget to go out, but I have to be like more transparent with my friends and say, girl needs to stay with under $20 or... You yeah, know, or because even, I don't want it to be a burden to my friends, and I'm telling right. them I'm financially, I'm trying to get financially healthy. Right, y'all might be financially healthy, but I'm trying to right get my ducks in a row. But I don't want that to also be a thing like, damn, every time we buy a Nikia, <laughs> she's talking about twenty dollars and under. <laughs> she don't want to do no group dinners. She don't want you get what I'm saying. Like, right, it starts. It may cause an unnecessary right rift in the relationships. Um, no, that that is true, and it's like. You have to, that's like you actually being transparent, not just with your friends, but with yourself. Hmm. So it's like looking back at your spending. Like some people, when I helped them, I'm like, you know, you got these five subscriptions. You don't even know what's coming out of your account. That could have been 10 extra dollars that, you know, you wanted to hang with your friends. You could. So it's like the transparency piece starts with you first and actually looking at where your money is going, which a lot of people don't want to do because it's like, it's either tedious or it's letting them know really about themselves. And what you think you may value is not what you value based on your account. Mm. And so it's really like looking to see where can you pull back from. And then if you got to be honest with your friends, it's like, look, I can't. And if they got to respect that, it's like we all have certain goals we're trying to get in life. And you can't be focused on not living your goals right now. Like you can't be focused on delaying your goals and not being able to have fun with your friends just because they're going to like say, oh, well, if you can't go out, then you know, our relationship ain't that strong. That's saying something else about the relationship mm. at that point. Because mm. mm. you say on your website, <laughs> embrace your financial story while you design your goals and build your foundation. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, if your friend's not embracing your fi- right. your financial aspirations, mm-hmm. dreams, goals, and aspirations, mm-hmm. you're saying that, that's a that's a deeper thing. Right. That's what I was going to say. That's the, I mean... Your circles and your friends should always want to see you at your best. And if you going out, you know, ha ha he he, wherever you at drinking or having fun, and then you go home like, man, dang. They they shouldn't just because they don't see it, they still want you to be a healthy being. Right. And if you're not really focused on what you need to focus on just by being with them, at one point it's like that says something else about your own self care and your own well being and your friends. If they care about you that much, they would know, okay, well, then, no, we're not going to pressure her to do this because at the end of the day, she got to go home and, you know, yeah. her goals ain't going to be lined up the way she wants them to. And that's just that. That's just that. Yeah. So it comes with having transparent conversations with your friends and your family. And yourself, right? Yeah. And now also, uh, you speaking of self-care, there's a lot of things that down now you follow Passion on Instagram. There's a lot of things that you do on a daily basis to make sure that you are centered mentally, spiritually, emotionally before you go about your day and before you go to sleep at night. And so I wanted you to expound on Mm -hmm. why you started to make that, uh, expound upon your daily routine Mm -hmm. and why you started to make those shifts in your life. Yeah, I I feel like like the self-care thing is starting to become like cliche nowadays. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like it because it's like some people, it's like, are you really focused on your self-care? Are you doing this just to show that you're doing it? And so... For me, like, my self-care, number one, I used to be very active on Instagram. And I'm not as much anymore. And it's not because I feel like... It's it's not because of um, the platform. It's more about, like, what I was feeling like I needed to be for Mm -hmm. other people who are on the platform. And I I think Instagram is a great tool. It's like the infrastructure, the way it works, how you can network online. 
but it's like I think people sometimes use it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and so part of my self care has been for me to step back from the online and actually be in person with people and mm-hmm. build relationships that way um, but back to what you were asking me so I wake up at least three hours before I need to leave my house in the morning girl and I need that time for myself. So sometimes, some mornings, it's like, okay, I just need to sit down for an hour, you know, read up on some things. I just need to work out in the morning. I try to do different stuff in the morning. And I literally have a wake list. And so my wake list has, like, if I want to read, if I want to do devotional, if I want to journal, if I want to dance, washing clothes, like, stuff that I need to do so that I know when I come home, my focus can be on what my purpose is. And that's me building my brand and working on my personal finance ventures that I'm going to be launching soon. Come on. Uh, (laughs) And so that's a part of my self-care, but it's also like walking. Like I love to walk when I'm at work. And so I have a day list too, and I have a night list. And Mm -hmm. my day list just means like me being present at work and making sure that I'm like professionally developing myself, but then also taking time out, stepping back from work and actually going out to walk and not like feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to be at my desk. I got this meeting in 30 minutes. No, it's like, I'm going to be my best at that meeting if I'm focusing on myself. And that's how I like live life. If I focus on myself, I'm serving my relationships. I'm serving, you know, the people I need to serve in the community if I'm right first. But first I need to make sure I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Amen. Girl, that was the word. I can't, I'm just sitting here like, yes, child. Yes, honey. Okay. Had to take that in. I was like, let me look at myself. Shoot, make sure I'm taking care of myself before I walk into any room. Jesus. Well, I wanted to ask you, are you... So, you work at... Um, A24 Films. A24 Films. You have worked on some... You have worked financially mm-hmm. on some incredible films mm-hmm. that have won Oscars. And how was the transition from going from corporate audit company to a film company that has done tremendous things in the film industry? Uh, change your perspective on what it means to thoroughly be fulfilled in what you do every day mm-hmm. and provided freedom right. in your life. Uh, so I think like in whatever profession you're in, you... Like, you're there a lot. Like, 40 hours out of one week is a lot of your time because you're asleep, supposedly, for eight hours a day. And so, when you look at it, it's like you spend most of your time with your coworkers and whatever else you're doing in your field. And um, whatever you're doing, I feel like you have to find that breath of creativity. And if Mm. you don't, you feel like you're not feeding yourself. And Mm. so, for me, when I was in the audit industry, it was like everything that I was doing was basically looking at what somebody else already created and saying, okay, does this align with these guidelines that we have in the United States? Whereas where I'm at now, I feel more creative because I'm actually doing the work, giving the deliverables, and it's like being reviewed by someone, but it's more so something that I put together. And so that was the first reason why I realized, okay, I need to step out of this industry. It wasn't Mm. more so like the company and and the culture. It was more about me feeling like I wasn't feeding my creativity in any kind of way. Mm. And so I could have went where I'm at right now. I'm at a film industry and people may say, okay, yeah, creativity is like film industry. You make, you know, you create things. Well, I could have went to like any kind of tech industry, anything. As long as I'm like being creative in some way, I feel like I'm feeding myself. But I did have a little of a culture shock when it came to like, 
communicating with people and like me realizing, you know, our emails could be more laid back and I don't always have to feel like I gotta, you know, I could ask people to collaborate more, basically. Right. Like stopping people in the kitchen, like, hey, what you think about this? It's more it's more collaborative, but then it's also more like just being yourself and like letting your guard down because in the film industry, films they're supposed to project stories. Yeah. And so when you work with people who are always like thinking about how can we tell this story in a new, fresh way that starts to seep into your spirit and you start to think about well shoot well what's my story and you start Mm -hmm. to like really start and even I think one thing at work like people always come to me and be like you just so straightforward and I'm like yeah I used to be you know I've always been straightforward but in my old job I used to like not say certain things but when you work at a film company it's like we're releasing films that are saying certain things that other people in the world may not agree with anyway so like we're used to that and so we're used to you know when we're in a meeting and someone say oh I don't agree with what you just said we're not going to like get in our feelings mm. it's more like we're going to be like okay well why let's have a conversation about this oh I see what you're saying oh maybe we could do it this way or how can we compromise it's more I've been able to be myself in this industry more and like it's nothing against the corporate the corporate culture but it's more oh corporate that's like another word right there (laughs) (laughs) come on (laughs) there's nothing against that culture it's more like you just gotta find where you fit in that space Mm -hmm. and i'm always against people like trying to make something fit that's not gonna fit Exactly. Yeah. And you've been able to see the impact, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen the films, you know, be nominated and win Oscars, although they tried it that one year <laughs> at the end, but we gonna <laughs> but Moonlight, they tried it, but But the funny thing was the company that I came from that was they were the ones who gave the envelope. And for me I was like, What you saying? What? Like What is going on? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> Um, but yeah, they actually, in the partners, they actually came to A24 from Price Waterhouse and they came, you know, they had a meeting with the founders and stuff. And I'm just sitting at my desk like, gosh, like stuff just be, the way the universe just works be crazy sometimes. But yeah. yeah. But hey, y'all still won. So that's all that matters, <laughs> right? You racked up that Oscars. That was monumental for us. So, I mean, to be a part of a company to that, you know, won one of the first. African-American films to win best mm-hmm. picture. I mean... Especially with the story it was telling. And the story that it was telling. I mean, you know, that's a moment in time that you... Nobody... I mean, we all experienced it mm-hmm. a certain way in our rooms. But to be a part of the company that's watching this mm-hmm. in Los Angeles as this is unfolding had to be um, truly a eye-opening and fulfilling experience for what you do every day. Yeah. There. So, look at God. Look at... Won't <laughs> He will pull you up out of one place and place you somewhere and you never even, you know, yeah. envision everything that comes with that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, shout outs and kudos to to you and the team and everyone over at your company. I wanted to shift gears a little bit and ask you more about love, happiness, your journey, Um what do you, we talked earlier about what people value when it comes to their finances, but mm-hmm. what do you value when it comes to passion? Like, what do you place value on mm-hmm. in your life? Whoo, that's like deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so one thing I value, and this, I'm going to address this question 
uh, based on like the things that I do, like the routines that I have, those things that I like notice that I enjoy doing. Um, I definitely value family. Mm-hmm. And so that's a part of the relationship thing, like making sure that I'm being there, you know, having experiences with my family. And I value, I value like movement, just me, whether I'm dancing, whether I'm doing spoken word, whether I'm like stepping, whatever it is, I value it because I feel like if God gave me this body and I have like certain visions and I can create that vision with my body, if I move my arm this way, move my leg that way, why not continue to do that? And it's fulfilling for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like my body sometimes when I'm dancing, it tells a story. Like, I'm mom. And, of course, mom and I'm miming to certain songs. And, of course, the song is telling a story. But you can do one lyric one way and then flip it and do it another way and evoke a different emotion in people. Mm-hmm. And that's I I value telling stories helping people like dig deep into their emotions by digging deep into my own emotions and projecting that. I just value all that connectiveness. Yeah. And you know, it all goes back to like the relationships thing. I love talking to people and I just, I value like my opinions. Mm. Sometimes I know that people don't agree with my opinions because they could be harsh, but I value it because it's coming from somewhere. It's not like I'm just saying this thing and I'm being dishonest with you. Because again, if I don't value my opinions and I don't value honesty, so that's a whole fact. And it's a form of expression, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's power in language, as in the power that we speak. But there's a power in language in the movement and our in body language as well, right? Mm-hmm. You can receive a whole emotion or understand where somebody is just by look at, looking at the way they move and mm-hmm. the way they are sitting if they have their hands folded versus are you welcoming or are you closed mm-hmm. off like even with dating like it, so this person approach you because you you got this face you know that's like don't come yeah. the fuck over yeah. here versus she seems very like she's mm-hmm. open to having mm-hmm. a conversation and so i mean language the body in general sends off language and signals that we don't even really know that we're doing and we have to be in tune with that in order to get the best out of what we want in life Mm -hmm. and um imagine just talk about like what you value we talked about relationships we talked about movement we talked about um the connectivity right Mm -hmm. with all of these um with these forms where do you stand when it comes to love mm-hmm. as an emotion that is also connected within mm-hmm. these spaces mm-hmm. how 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 do you view it and do you allow space for it in your life <laughs> i mean what you trying to do every question you're like Woo! um who girl so for me And I'll just talk about, like, growing up. Like, my mother is a tough love person. Like, I've always known that my mother loves me, but it was never really said as much when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And, like, the hugs weren't always there. Mm. And when I got into a relationship, I started to see, like, how when he'll come in to, like, hug me or something, I'm like, what you doing? Or I'll be, like, backing up. Because I'm I'm just not that affectionate because it's not what I was around. Right. But that's not to be taken as, oh, she never got love when she was younger because love can come in many different forms. Right. As long as it ain't abusive. But it can come in many different forms. And um, I'm starting to realize that my love that I show to people the way that I usually choose to show it is um, 
like through conversation and not really through like touching. I'm saying when you're like in a relationship with someone. Yeah. And people like I've looked and researched like what is your love language? Like my love language isn't like gifts. It's like spending time with people. And I had to check myself sometimes when I like if I'm in a relationship with someone and I just don't tell them I love them. And it's like I'm like damn I gotta really fix my damn mouth to say I love you. And it's like that's just because it's not what I'm used to. to. But I'm open to you teaching me about mm. that. And so I think love is also being open. Like you yeah. have to lean in and be open to learning. And if it's something that I'm not used to, if I can become comfortable with it, I'm open with doing that. But if it's something like, nah, I just can't get with that, then that's love, too. I'm loving, lovingly telling you I can't do this. Like, I'm loving you. Letting you know straight up this cycle. Yes. Uh-uh, I'm not with that. Uh-uh. Absolutely. I mean, I think that when we think about, you know, dreams and fears and love and passion passion <laughs> you you know they all interconnect as in in the forms because they're all things that we're thinking or we want to feel you know we want mm-hmm. to feel what happens when our dream is actually manifesting right. itself we want to feel what it feels like to be loved in the way that we want mm-hmm. to love ourselves from another person we want to feel what that feels like and and it's interesting that you say that. So it, sometimes you have to, like you said, we all grew up and we had different forms of what love was to us. And sometimes, and not a good or bad thing, I'm not saying that, right. but we have to unlearn the ways in which we thought this was love yes. in order to gain the level of love where we're at now that we want to attract mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very interesting that you even said that because I'm like, yo, I didn't even, I'm just scratching the surface on that. <laughs> like I'm just like realizing like, okay, I can't expect someone to love me the way that I should be loving myself mm-hmm. or based off of what I knew or know love to be mm-hmm. from past lives that I am no longer that person. I have evolved and that shit takes time. Yeah. It takes time to like dig deep and heal and grow from it um, and be open to it again, right. right? So have you find yourself being open to experiencing love again and that's all I'm getting. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, so, if we, what kind of love we talk about? Because there's different forms of love, you know, like relationship love or like friendly love, platonic, or you just talking about just love in general. Well, what was the? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a relationship. Okay, well you, mm-hmm, I mean, we talk about that love right there. That one right there. That you mm-hmm, about. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I find myself like, and it's, it's like, it's just me checking myself. Like, I know what, cause I'm in a long distance relationship. So I know what it's going to take to be mm. loving in this relationship. And I need to step out there a little bit more. And so whether it's like me again, making sure my work doesn't, you know, get in the way, but also making sure my work doesn't fall to the wayside because again, they're connected. Like right. if I'm good to my relationships, I'm good to my work. Um, but yeah, I find myself really being open this time around because at first I was like, no, this is the way I want to be. This is how I love. You're going to have to give it to, but it's like, if you wanted to work with someone, y'all got to create your own love story. You can't be thinking about what your love used to be or how it used to look. No, you need to be, what story do we want to create together? Cause we're on, this is a journey that you have allowed me to join you on. I allow you to join you on. So we're going to walk this road together. And what does that look like? 
we got to figure this out. Right. But then that also plays back into your fear, right? Because mm-hmm. you're saying, like, you don't want to be so laser focused on your goals and your dreams. Mm-hmm. Because even in a long distance relationship, that person's not, they're not there. Yeah. So sometimes you could get easily yeah. like, well, I'm going to just do this in my work. Mm-hmm. And then your partner may feel, you know, neglected in that. Yeah. So I think that also plays a little bit back into your fear as well, being like, okay, how do I find this balance? Yeah. And sometimes it's like just letting them know, like, look. You're not here physically every day, so some stuff, if I try to explain it to you, still, you're still not going to get it. Mm. And so it's like, just being straight up, I can't talk on the phone today. Like, that's it. Like, how are you harsh? Oh, yes, because it's like, <laughs> I'm in the flow right now, and if I, like, interrupt this flow, the epiphany that I could have had, I'm going to miss it, because I'm sitting up here, and I'm like, ooh, let me just make sure I call you just to call you. No, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to learn how to work this together. And of course, somebody's going to have to compromise all the time. Like somebody's going to take the short end. Of, that's just, that's just life. Yeah. So, and I think talking and having the conversations with him and letting him know this how it is. When it happened, we don't feel that much friction because it's like, we've already had a conversation. Right. It's the communication piece. And that, that's a foundation to any yes. relationship, whether it be a friendship, whatever it is, communication mm-hmm. is essential. Mm-hmm. Then it's finances. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Then it's the financial, <laughs> which is why everybody should be getting their financial health in order. That's true. 2019. That's true. Finance is like I think I don't know. It's like in the top five reason for why people get divorces. It's like top two: <laughs> communication and finances. Mm-hmm. Because most of the things that we know with communication that break, oh, this person cheated, da da da. But it was things that. The communication levels wasn't on. Mm-hmm. So this thing had right. spiraled into this app. Mm-hmm. Unless this person is just savage and they're right. just out in these streets. <laughs> I mean, most likely the root of the issues tied to communication mm-hmm. or finances. I don't know the other reasons. Mm-hmm. But I even personally tried to work as hard to make sure, like, one, my financial health is in order, but also, two, that I am communicating and not being afraid to say how I feel. Mm -hmm. I think in the past, I was afraid to say how I feel because I was trying to match somebody else's vibration. And I was like, no, this is my vibration. And Mm -hmm. if that person doesn't respect where I'm I'm coming from in this, Mm -hmm. then we're just not meant to align. Yeah. And I had to be okay with it. I think I was afraid of that. Like, if I say this, this person is going to disappear or not mm-hmm. be in my life and I like this aspect of this person but I had to realize like that aspect is not going to withstand and hold a relationship mm-hmm. a partnership in totality yeah so speak your truth be honest with yourself I always had a friend that said be honest with yourself be mm-hmm. honest with your feelings because if not you're going to continue to hold the burden and the weight of something that right. you know that you could have Control, but you allowed it to happen the yep. way it happened. And that burden just gets heavier and heavier. The next Ooh, thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm on the ground with it. Like, I can't even lift up. Like, <laughs> so heavy. Like, when we walk in the room together, I could feel it. It's, yeah. Uh-huh. And I've been there uh-huh. in the past. Like, now I'm, woo, thank God. <laughs> thank God I moved through that. Mm-hmm. And it requires a lot of work. Yeah. It requires a lot of work. People think it's easy, but it's not. To find your voice, be honest with yourself, communicating that to somebody else and not knowing what they're going to do with it. But you got to be okay with that. You got to be like, I'm good with me. Mm -hmm. 
That takes a lot. Yeah. Because it's deep rooted. Like, it's deep. It's <laughs> deep. Like, I had to have that conversation recently, and I was just like, oh, God, I got to have this conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I was dreading it because I was fearful that, I don't even know if I was fearful of, like, me saying it to that person. Mm-hmm. Would have offended him more so than me saying it to him because I wanted this mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. But I knew that the direction of where I'm going, this behavior is not going to be able to go with me. Right. So I had to say, what what matters more? Mm-hmm. This idea that you want to keep hold on to, or understanding that this behavior that has been happening is not going to be able to move forward with you. Move forward, yeah. And the more and more you stand firm in your ground in that, it'll start to shift Mm -hmm. the way you interact with people and how you allow people in your space. And I was like, that that meant more. Yeah. Before, I didn't know what meant more, Mm -hmm. you know? And it takes time to get there. I probably took longer than most most of my friends (laughs) to get there, but... It was like, damn, I wouldn't have known that if mm-hmm. I didn't take the two years mm-hmm. of not dating and yeah. not being out there mm-hmm. and just being by myself and being like, okay, this is what it's like to be by yourself. This is what it's like to take care of yourself. This mm-hmm. is what it's like to love yourself. This is what it's like to financially budget and mm-hmm. take care of yourself. So yeah. it's like, these are all the things that you need mm-hmm. to get together now before you expect somebody else to come to your space and do that for you. Mm-hmm. Or if that is something that, you know, I want. Yeah, it's like just being truthful to you before you think you could tell somebody else the truth about you. Like, if you huh. don't know you, you can't tell nobody else how to love you. You can't tell nobody else how you like to be treated. It's just... You have to know you going into all these different relationships, whether it's a yeah. friendship or it's actually like mm-hmm. a romantic thing. Yeah, absolutely. So do you feel like at this point, you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. you have you work at a you know, you work at a wonderful company, you're in New York City, the hustle and bustle, the big mm-hmm. apple. Do you feel like at this point in your life that you um are fulfilled? Uh that's a strong word. Because fulfillment to me, like, makes feels like like this is the height. This is where it can go. And I'm like, because I'm still figuring it out. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm at a company. Yes, I, I'm at a, a company that I enjoy working at. Um, I'm in a relationship. But I'm always looking for the lesson in things. And so I'm always, yeah. like, being open to what else I can do or what else I can yeah. learn. And so I'm happy, but... I don't know if we ever will truly be fulfilled, huh? No, no, not me. I'm always trying to grab something else. Like, <laughs> like, well, are you happy? Yes, I'm very happy. And it's because, like, I, I took, like, a year. Well, it's been since May of last year. And I was, like, reading this book. And at first I was like, oh, I got to hurry up and finish this book so I could get to the next book. And it was like, no, stay in this book. Like, it's so many lessons. The book is called The Exquisite Risk. And I'm like, it's so many lessons in this book. And it's teaching me so much. And every time I, like, read a chapter, I'm like, oh, let me go back and read it. Or I'll wait for, like, two months. And I'm like, oh, I'm in a different space now. Oh, now I'm reading that chapter. It speaks to me differently. Mm. It's like I took so much time to, like, read this book. And this book helped me to feel more. And it helped me to, like understand myself more Mm. and so because i 
took the time to like just step back from everything that I thought I knew and all the conclusions I thought I made up in my mm-hmm. life. It's like now I'm okay with just saying, yeah, I'm happy, but I'm still figuring things out. Like I don't think I need to be at a point where I got everything figured, figured out, out and I understand what everything means. It's like, no, life is not about that. Life is about moving through the motions the and journey. learning while you're going. Amen. So what's next for passion? Um, so I have, uh, personal finance things that are launching soon. Um, and the rest of y'all will have to see. It's a lot of things I don't, you know, cause the way I, the way I like to, I like to do like the Beyonce effect. Like Come on. <laughs> when you release a song, just Come like, on. boom, there it go. But, uh, yeah, I think that's next for me. And it's also me just being out in these streets more. Like, oh, oh, you trying to be out out now. Let me tell y'all, I have been here for seven years and I literally have to catch fashion out. No, because I get well in advance, honey. I'm trying to be a little bit more spontaneous and like milking New York for everything that it has. Like, a lot of people like to come to New York, but when I'm here, I'm like, dang, I know if when I do move from New York, because I don't plan to be here all my life, but when I do move, I'm be like, dang, I wish I would have did this more, did that more. So, just being out on these streets more. And you don't plan to be in New York forever? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. No. I don't see me building a family in New York, in the city. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> so, <I'm out. laughs> Yeah, you know, I understand. I understand that. How many how many years do you think you got left? How many years do you think you're going to give New York City? I'll say between two and, two and five. Two and five? Yeah, that's a long... Because that's a lot. <laughs> those last three years could be in Jersey. Like That's, that's a whole fact. <laughs> that is a whole fact. Because I was this close at the end of my New York journey saying, I'm, uh-huh. I'm either Queens or Jersey, Jersey. at this point. Yeah. Because I'm trying to live on my own and do some things. So I totally understand. I feel like, you know, I could be a little bit more homey when I move to, if I move to Jersey. Like, you know. But then how you going to be out? Because that's that's not going to I said two, so those last three years, this year is about me being out in these streets, okay? It's about me enjoying more. I mean, not to say I haven't enjoyed my past years here. It's just that I haven't, like, taken New York for all it has to offer. I feel like I'm here for a reason. You know, while I'm here, I should, you know, have fun with it, not just be in my apartment all the time, which I enjoy that too. But it's like, you know. The balance. Yeah. It's always the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you go to Jersey, <laughs> I'm not saying like, for all the Jersey people, this, I'm not saying that you can't live in Jersey and have a, right. a lit life Yeah, with that commute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that commute. <laughs> I barely want to leave Brooklyn on the right. weekend, so <laughs> I can imagine, you know, coming into the city mm-hmm. and getting out with people and stuff, but I do think that it, it gives that... For us, that Maryland feel where you have that suburb but mm-hmm. still can get in the city and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing these financial projects. I did want to close off and ask you, what are kind of your, I know we touched a little bit about like your financial kind of practices, the tips that you tell people, but mm-hmm. what are, you know, for 2019, for someone who is trying to you know, live a financial free life, you know, mm-hmm. in a better financial uh, state. Mm-hmm. What is your maybe three recommendations? Um, it could be a tip. It could be a book. It could be mm-hmm. yeah. guidance, whatever it may yeah. be that you would advise someone who's looking to really accomplish their financial goals this year. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is create an emergency fund. And to do that, 
basically emergency fund is basically like having I say always start out with just like a thousand dollars so have your goal be a thousand dollars I need to save a thousand dollars and then after that you can increase it to how you want I need to save three months of my living expenses or six months but first start with an emergency fund and the way you do that is by automating so don't say oh I'm going to save fifty dollars every paycheck actually put in go into your bank account and make sure that you're automating that so that you don't even see that money going out it's just automatically there and Mm. trust me once you start to see that is going to motivate you to like put more towards it um is that and then find some kind of tool i like you need a budget.com it is like it's the third i think the first 34 days is free and then after that you have to pay but it allows you to like get some transparency into where your money is going and so use that free tool for those thir- first 34 days and you want to move to another tool i just find that you need a budget.com it's like one of the greater ones with helping you to like put a budget in place, but then also set up goals to like pay off debt. And then the third one is to, a lot of people going to be like, what? But <laughs> what, what I was saying earlier is to um, understand your values. The third one I would say is while you're writing down your values, really go back and look at two months, not two months, three months of your bank statements and see mm-hmm. what what I thought my value was. Did my money show that these last three months? So where was my money going these last three months? And was that really being where my value was? Because some sometimes subconsciously we're spending in areas that we don't really want to spend in. We're just doing it for that immediate gratification. And then we're realizing, oh, down the line, this is why I ain't where I want to be because I've been doing this unknowingly, quote unquote. Yes, I do it for the convenience, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Them Ubers for me be like, that yeah. is real. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, every time I'm like, I'm not doing an Uber, I'm getting on the train. I don't. When I first came to New York, I was good, uh-huh. and then Uber came. Yeah. Game changer. And that is really, <laughs> that hits my pockets every time. When I did that for the last three months, I was like, oh, Uber, I could have had a whole car note. Like, bruh, I yeah. was in Uber, it's like it was nothing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's needed, but it's like, no, sis, you need to leave the house a little bit earlier if you need to get there by a certain time. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just like, stop being lazy. <laughs> That's it right there. That's it. Because I'm like, oh, I got to be there at five. It's 4.30. It's for, yeah. I'm just going to get in this Uber because at this point, I'm not yeah. going to make it. Yeah. I got to do better being on time. Mm-hmm. Getting ready to be on time. I mean, but if Uber is people think, they like, look, I don't mind doing this, but Uber, I'm. it's like, do what works for you. Like, financial goals and budgets and all that kind of stuff should not be a limitation. It's like, what works for you? Can't nobody tell you what works for you. So maybe have a travel account that's not necessarily travel out of the country. Right, but you know that traveling, like that commuting budget or whatever it is, it may take from something else, though. So it's like, are you okay with where it's going to take from? You know? It's like a thing you got to work out. Well, you can't have it all. (laughs) Shit. You can when you got multiple streams, but it's also like you need to be saving. That's another multiple conversation. Streams. But it's like you need to be, you know, what are your streams? Your streams ain't just for you to spend right now. Like you want to build that legacy for whoever's coming after you. Mm. Word. Preach. <laughs> multiple streams. I'm trying to get the multiple streams. John. I'm trying to get to the money. I didn't realize, and this is really bad. I didn't realize like how my, my, my perspective has shifted so much mm-hmm. from just gonna be transparent from men to the money the mm-hmm. two m's they went from men <laughs> to the money 
so quickly where I'm like, nah, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't care about no man. I'm trying to get this money. Yeah. I've never, I feel like I'm in a hustler state of mind mm-hmm. right now. I was like, if I ain't got nothing to do with no money, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. That's just where I'm at because I gave all my 20s to men. Uh-huh. All of my 20s Ooh. to men other than 27 and 28. Other than 20, yeah, 27, 28, and 29. Mm-hmm. I gave all of my 20s to men mm-hmm. in probably my teen years too. So... <laughs> I was like, I can't give any more time. Right. To that. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not open. But I'm gonna say, but don't let Any guy that's listening, I'm not closing out. I'm just saying, my mind is on the money. Right. My money's on, money's on my mind. Like, I probably butchered that, but mine on my money and my money on my mind. Like, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Because I know the life that I want for myself. Yeah. And if I can give that to myself, that's going to fulfill me. Right. But let's just say you out here getting the money and you meet somebody in the midst of getting the money. Are you, do you, are you in tune enough to know that this, that that is an option? Like, let's just say you're like at one of your events or you're like doing something and that's like you getting the money because you're building, you're growing, you're networking. And let's just say he walked through the door. Like, not to say you all up in his face, but are you in tune enough to know that, it should not be either or. It can be both. Yes, I believe that. I believe okay. it should not be either or. Because he could be walking down the street and yeah. you miss him because... Yes, I don't want to miss my <laughs> blessing, but I'm also not... About to break your neck for the blessing. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not, not trying to find him. You right. know, I believe that God will place my blessing in front of me when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And it will align. Mm-hmm. I feel like before I was trying to control, I was mm. trying to take God's place and control mm. who who my blessing was supposed to be. Yeah, that's dangerous. And that's a dangerous line to walk. So right now, focus on this coin. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's about it. Like this coin. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the reality we got to understand is that, you know, our parents and the people before us, our family, they will, everybody will have their time on earth and then, you know, late. Mm-hmm. You know, late to rest at some point, and you have to be able to 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 stand on your own. Yep. And that is the reality that I had to come. Like, I need to be able to stand on my own because if not, then I'm never going to know. And I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I just know where I don't want to be. Right. So I'm trying to stay where I am mm-hmm. and move forward, not backwards. Yeah, that's fair. So, future husband, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> trying to block you. I'm just saying. Let's both have our mind on that money and, and keep moving forward. But no. Thank you so much, Ashton, for you. joining me. Good. I'm so glad you were able to come. I'm so glad you were able to talk. Um, if anybody wants to find you and has, like, they want to know more mm-hmm. about, like, how to, you know, just be more financially literate and how to better budget or yeah. any of those services, where can they find you at, girl? So... I have a website, a landing page, passionartist.com. Oh, my goodness. When I found that uh, domain, I was like, ooh, this is available. Because um, <laughs> ain't nobody you, boo. <laughs> ain't nobody you. But right now I have a worksheet on there that's called the financial compass, and it's basically like using your compass throughout your financial journey to give you direction. And so you can go and download that. And then on Instagram is where I am most vocal. I, my Instagram name is passion.artist. Yes, passion.artist. You can follow me there. Awesome. Well, I usually like to close out the episode with a quote. And the quote goes based off of the person's fear. And this one is unique. So the quote is, 
A spark neglected makes a mighty fire. <laughs> that was good. That, that, that just like put this all in the envelope, put it in the and box, just- and shipped it off. Like, <laughs> done, shipped out the door. Okay. Ooh, shipped by Amazon. Ooh, okay. okay. <laughs> that is everything right that, there. Yeah. And with that, guys, <laughs> we are wishing you nothing but love, light, and many of blessings. It's your girl, Fearless Kia. Hope this inspired you. Um, definitely make sure you have your finances in order this weekend. You know, if not, you know, maybe want to print out a couple of bill statements, <laughs> bank account, bank statements, and look back at it. But um, it's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we are out.